are listening to the West Side Podcast, part of the L.A. International Church of Christ Family of Churches, worshiping God in L.A. since 1989. Good morning, West Side Church and family and friends watching from home. Thank you for joining us this morning for our worship service together. Let's begin with a word of prayer. Bow with me, please. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful for this opportunity today to worship you, to come together as a family of believers from all over the place. God, to be able to to do this at this time is is such a blessing. God, we thank you for the ways you work in our lives, God, and how you've even given us inspiration like like books of Psalms. God, how you use that to inspire us and build our faith. And that together today, as we study that out, I pray that that becomes a part of who we are. God, that we always have in our hearts for you. God, if you want to lift up some very specific prayer requests and needs within our own family. We lift up Anita Morales and her entire family, God, with the loss of her brother in the Philippines who passed. God, we also lift up Leo Matos, who lost his father from COVID in Brazil just this week as well. God, comfort them, bring them peace. God, I pray that no matter what all of us are going through today, we can find comfort in you. We love you. Jesus, I pray. Well, good morning, church. Great to be together. Glad to uh, have you joining us today. Our sermon today is on a new song. And as a church, we're going through a series on the book of Psalms. It's been so inspiring to think about the way God has inspired us in our hearts to worship Him, to understand Him, and even know how to relate to Him. We're going to come into you live today from the studio. I'm joined today by my son-in-law, John Sheeran, because he's going to bring a bit of talent which I don't have, which we'll see in a little bit. And we'll be going through the Psalms again. Part of the song is about singing. How about you? But I love music. I love all kinds of music. I sing all the time when I'm teaching my class, when I'm driving my car. In fact, one time I was driving to Palm Springs, and I'm in my daughter's red Prius. I've got my window rolled down. I've got my dog on my lap. And uh, this is my uh, dog here, Hershey. He was my co-pilot that day. And he's on my lap. I've got my window down. I'm in a red Prius, and I'm listening to the radio. And the Adele song came on, said, Fire to the Rain. I don't know about you, but there's certain songs when they come on, you have to sing them. You don't even have an option. And this is one of the songs for me. So I'm in the car driving, this dog on my lap, window down. I'm going through Banning, which is kind of a country-type town, cowboys and stuff. And I'm singing at the top of my lungs, I set fire to the rain. I'm like going for it, because you have to with Adele. And I look over to my left, and there's this huge jacked-up 4x4 truck. And this guy looks down, this kind of macho, manly, grizzled guy looks down at me. He just shakes his head, and he just takes off. And I just kind of looked down to Hershey. Hershey looked back at me, and we just kept on setting fire to the rain. You know, there's certain jams for all of us that when we hear music, it moves us. It inspires us to want to move. You play music, babies start to dance. We sing in the shower. We sing in the car. In fact, we have playlists for everything. We have playlists for shopping and doing cleaning. Uh, actually, this week, without even knowing it, my son sent me a text this week. And on his text, he goes, he just says, I have a problem. And he had a screenshot from Spotify that says that he's in the top 4% of people who've listened to the Hamilton soundtrack this year. Then not to be outdone, my daughter sends one that shows that her and her husband, John, are in the top 0.5% of people who've listened to Justin Bieber this year. Now, point five. 5%. I'm not sure if I should congratulate them or rebuke them for that, but that's pretty amazing. We have music as part of our lives. And today we're going to be looking at a psalm. Psalm 96 is going to be our text to minister to our hearts. You know, in, in the psalms, 
half of the Psalms, almost exactly half, 74 of the 150 Psalms are calls to worship. Now, Psalm 96, there's no author given direct credit, but many believe it is David uh, who wrote this psalm. And David actually wrote literally half the psalms that are attributed directly to him and some others possibly that uh, we don't know who wrote them. And in the psalms, he writes through all the different periods of his life when he's a young boy. And I just picture him watching over the sheep at night, sitting on a hillside, just staring at the stars and just singing out to God. But also in times of his life when, when things are going amazing and also things are going terrible. He's singing to God. And he writes these psalms, and Psalm 96 is going to minister to our hearts today. You know, when I read the psalms, it doesn't actually do it justice. Psalms are actually written to be sung, not read. So to demonstrate that a little bit today, I brought in my son-in-law, John Sheeran, because he's a very talented musician as well. So I'm going to have him demonstrate the difference there is between just reading the words of the psalms and singing them. I'll give you John Sheeran. Good morning, church. It's great to be with you guys today. Um, Yeah, like Rick said, I'm going to go ahead and uh, show the difference between just reading and singing. And um, I do this a lot just for my quiet times, for my own personal relationship with God. But in Psalm 143, it says in verse 1, Lord, hear my prayer. Listen to my cry for mercy. In verse 7, it goes on to say, Answer me quickly. Lord, my spirit fails. Do not hide your face from me. And so I'm going to go ahead and sing those exact words here in a song. Lord, hear my prayer. Listen to my cry. For mercy, God, Lord, hear my prayer. Listen to my cry for mercy. Answer me quickly. Answer me quickly, Lord, my spirit fails. Answer me quickly. Answer me quickly. Lord, my spirit fails. Don't you hide your face from me, oh God. Don't you hide your face. Oh, Lord. Amen. Now you know why I brought John with me. You heard my Adele and you hear him singing. Now you understand why I brought him. But you hear the difference there, don't you? You see, there's certain things that when you say the words, there's no heart connection. But when you sing the words... Suddenly, your emotions are attaching to those words, and they're expressed in a totally different way. You know, the sermon today is about singing. It's about giving our heart to the Psalms the way the writers had intended them to be. We're going to begin in Psalm 96, starting in verse 1. 
The Bible says, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, praise his name. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. Yeah, I love this verse here because in this verse, we actually see five calls to action. It says, sing, 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 proclaim and declare. You know, it's a command and an expectation that we're going to sing. But not just sing for ourselves. Sing, it says, to the Lord. Have you noticed here the way Lord is written? It's all in capital letters. Because at the time, the Jews would never write the name of God. It was irreverent to do such a thing. They would never want to risk using his name in vain. So the word that's really supposed to be there is the name that God gave Moses for himself, which we pronounce Yahweh. The name Yahweh. See, David knew the God. He knew Yahweh. But we know Yahweh on earth as well. We know Jesus himself. So the command here is when we sing, we sing to the Lord. We sing to God, to Yahweh, to Jesus Christ himself. And when we do this, we're proclaiming our faith in him. We're declaring our hope in him. We're preaching when we sing. And we sing it's bigger than just entertainment. It's a profession of our faith. It's a declaration of our hope and our lordship when we sing to him. He says, sing a new song. I love that verse. You're like, a new song? What do you mean? It means we're, we're always supposed to be inspired by new things that God has done. Think about it. Every day we're experiencing God in new, in innovative ways. We're seeing new miracles all the time. In fact, there's been more miracles that have done, been done by God in our world after the Bible was even written. Miracles happen all the time. God is always moving. In fact, as we age and we mature, we're experiencing God every day in these new ways. We should have more songs written on our hearts. We should get more fired up the older we are in Christ because we know him better. We have more things to proclaim and declare about him. He's active and he's alive. You know the first song ever recorded in the Bible? It's actually found in Exodus 15. And the context of this verse is the Israelites had just escaped captivity in Egypt. And it says right when they set foot on dry ground, as the Red Sea closes up behind them, it just swallows up Pharaoh's army. It says they burst into song. It's unchoreographed, it's unscripted, it's completely spontaneous. And they sing, I will sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. Both horse and driver he is hurled into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. He is my God and I will praise him. My father's God and I will exalt him. And they go on and on and on. It just pours out of them. There's no other way to express to God what he's done for them and what he means to them, but they just have to sing it. They have to connect the heart to what they want to say. You know, over and over in the Bible we see this. The patriarchs, the prophets, the, the apostles, Jesus himself, people great and small singing to God. It's part of the way we're meant to relate to him. You know, we're called to sing. We're also commanded to sing. I love this verse. It's in Ephesians 15. He says, speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In the name of our Lord 
Jesus Christ. You know, Psalms, it's not just a book in the Bible. It's how we're supposed to communicate with each other and with God. It's how we're supposed to be in a relationship with him is through singing as well. You know, a lot of people say, well, I don't have the gift of singing. Well, I clearly don't have the gift of singing. I, I don't, might not have the talent to sing. But you got to think about this. We are created to sing. We're created in the image of God. And you know this? God sings. Look at this amazing verse in Zephaniah chapter 3. The Bible says, The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. Did you know that God sings over you? It's an amazing image to have God singing over you. I just picture a parent with a small child. You know, when our kids were little, we sang to them all the time. Some real songs like Itsy Bitsy Spider, and some we just made up on the spot about the spaghetti that fell on the floor, the bubbles on their head. But singing with, with this way of expressing affection and love to them. And God sings over you. You know, to be honest, the first song in the Bible actually is not Exodus 15. What is a song? Song is a language of the heart. It's an expression of passion and beauty and creativity that comes from somewhere within. And it stirs the soul and it comes out. You know, the first song in the Bible that I can think of was way back in Genesis chapter 1. It was that moment when God opened his mouth and from the love and the passion that swelled up inside of him came pouring out in creativity and beauty and the universe was created. You see, creation is a song. It's a beautiful melody. And every one of us is notes within that song. We're part of some universal harmony, a symphony of creation whose composer is God himself, Yahweh, Lord, Jesus Christ. And he sings over us, and in return, we should sing back to him. We continue on in the psalm. In this psalm, Psalm 96, it's amazing because it begins with kind of to sing, but then he goes into the reason why. He says, for great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and glory are in his sanctuary. He doesn't sing, sing to God and proclaim and declare because, hey, your life's going all great. Everything's wonderful. He says, no, you do it because here's who God is. He's worthy of it. You see, worship has nothing really to do with us at all. It has nothing to do with our circumstance or how happy I happen to be today or, or, or am I worthy? Do I feel worthy? Or am I glorious? Am I strong? It has nothing to do with us. It's about His worthiness. It's about His strength, His majesty, His splendor. That is why we sing, because He deserves it. And that doesn't matter what's happening in our lives. God is always worthy of praise. You know, in the last week or so, we've been talking about Lamentations, the Psalms of Lamentations. Lamentations, it's an important thing. To sit in our hurt, to sit in our disappointment, to process and acknowledge 
the tragedies and trauma we've been through, the loss that we've experienced, that, that's good, it's healthy, it's normal, and God calls us to do that. You know, in our family, we've had a, we've had a very difficult year. We've definitely had our times of lamenting, and in some ways we still are. You know, almost a year ago to the day, my wife, on our 25th anniversary, we got the phone call that she was diagnosed with breast cancer. On the day of our 25th anniversary, we got the call. And then all the fear and uncertainty and insecurity that came with that. And then going through surgery and treatment and doctor's appointments all the time for months and months and months. Around that same time, my daughter, Brooke, was having all of these health issues and challenges and stuff, and nobody could figure out what it was. And this is when COVID is hitting, and, and no one wants to go to the hospital, but she's in so much pain, and, and she had to go to the hospital. So she went and had emergency surgery, and she had to be there by herself. In July, Heather's mom passed away, my wife's mom, the first parent that we lost. And thankfully, we were able to be there in her last hours but to lose her and watch her and be with her and praying over her and singing with her as she passed away was very hard. We've had a slew of other physical problems and financial issues and mental health issues within our family. And of course, in the backdrop of all of this is 2020. So all the things that all of us are going through, the lockdown, the loss of freedom, the insecurity and uncertainty of what's happening around us, the political climate, the social injustice, all that we're feeling was happening in the background. Earlier in the year, my, my mom was diagnosed with colon cancer. And on the MRI, the scans, it showed cancer in several different places in her colon where they're going to have to take out the majority of her colon. Life-changing surgery. Could be life-ending surgery. And of course, followed then by chemo and everything else that go with it. So I went to the hospital to be there with my dad and my, my sister to be there when she's having surgery and to kind of greet her when she comes out. And to give you a little background context, I didn't grow up in a, in a spiritual home. We didn't spend time praying or reading our Bibles. We didn't go to church. Like Faith was not part of our upbringing. But I remember I prayed, and I got a lot of people around me to pray for my mom, and even my dad was praying. And after surgery, uh, the surgeon comes out and they call you into a post-op room and they want to talk about kind of what happened and, and how it all turned out and how she's doing, what's next steps. And she'd been in surgery for like three or four hours. So we go in the room and, of course, the doctor, as all doctors are, super stoic and hard to read. And you're like, what's happening? We're on edge and super nervous. And, and he sits us down and he says, I don't know how to tell you this, but we couldn't find cancer anywhere. We searched throughout our entire call. We went everywhere. We're then the whole time looking. And, and here's the MRI. Here's what the scan shows. And this is where cancer was supposed to be. But when we got there, there was nothing there. You imagine our reaction and the tears of joy. And after that, my father, who, of course, my whole growing up wasn't spiritual. He didn't pray and stuff, but... He was praying through this, and after this, he, he posted this on Facebook. He wrote that night after her surgery, it has been an interesting month with ups and downs. After numerous imaging testing results, it appeared my lovely wife of 52 years had colon cancer. After days of prayers by many kind people, she underwent colon surgery today. and was expected to stay hospitalized several days to be followed by oncology intervention. Long story short... 
There's no evidence of cancer anywhere. Let me tell you, the power of prayer is real. Thank you, God. This is my dad. I'd never known him to be spiritual. I'd never known him to be faithful or to pray. But a new song had been written on his heart, and he proclaimed his faith, and he declared God's faithfulness. If you're thinking, I don't feel like singing. My life is a mess. I've got so much struggle in my life right now. There's so many things happening right now. I have nothing to sing. There is no song on my heart. I want to encourage you to look a little deeper. Because maybe it's not clear right in the beginning, but God is always faithful. God is always working. He's always there somewhere. He never leaves us alone. In fact, he's singing over you. We serve a perfect God. And our lives are not perfect. And there's lots of things to lament. There's lots of hard things that we're going through and challenges. But if we just take a moment to take our eyes off those and fix them on who God is, we'll find reasons to praise him. The psalm continues in verse 7. It says, Ascribe to the Lord all you families of nations. Ascribe to the Lord in in strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory to his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him, all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. The world is firmly established. It cannot be moved. He will judge the people with equity. That word ascribe that shows up several times, or ascribe means give credit. Assign it to him. Give God the credit. And I love who he addresses this to. He doesn't just say he had the nations, the kingdoms. He says, all you families. Now, odds are today you're at home with your family watching this. He's talking to your family and mine. And families is the most intimate, personal unit of people you can think about. And all of our families are different. But even despite our differences, even though we, we live in different cities, and maybe we have different home cultures, maybe we can speak different languages, He's talking about all the families of the world, every race, every citizenship, every political view and lifestyle and culture. He says, when you sing for that moment, you become unified as one. You're no longer different and competing with each other. They're wrong, I'm right. We're no longer different nationalities. We're one. At that moment, we're just children at the feet of our Father singing to Him. The psalm ends with these verses. Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let the sea resound and all that's in it. Let the fields be jubilant, everything in them. Let all the trees of the forest sing for joy. Let all creation rejoice before the Lord, for He comes He comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness, in all the peoples, in his faithfulness. I love this verse because it says, not only are we singing and the people singing, it says, creation singing. The sea and the fields and the forest, the mountains, all living things on earth and throughout the universe sing to God. Sing his praises. You know, when you look at God's creation... It proclaims him. 
When you see the ocean or the sunset or starry night, it declares him. Universe, creation, cries out to God. And we're called to join that cry. We're called to join that chorus, to sing with creation. And if we don't, as Jesus says in Luke 19, if we keep quiet, the stones will cry out. Because God is worthy to be praised. The beauty of this whole psalm is it begins in the first few verses with just us individually. For us to sing our new song. And then it goes to the world collective, all the families of the earth joining in this chorus. And then it goes to the creation is also singing. All of us. Now the last verse there, it ends with, He'll judge the world in righteousness, the peoples in His faithfulness. People don't have judgment. That's not a very encouraging way to end this thing. But you've got to see the hope in this. It's not just talking about judgment. We think about punitive and discipline and things that go bad, right? We're getting judged. It's not about that. It's about the return of the king. It's about Jesus Christ himself coming back and redeeming the earth. And the Bible says that creation is, is, is groaning in anticipation of this. That Jesus is coming back to restore all things. Our world is broken. It's dark. It's sinful. It's decaying. In this verse, it's this hope that Jesus himself will come back and restore all things. All things we made pure and whole and right again. That's our hope. And that's what we're singing about. That's what we're praising God about. You know, David had so many reasons to praise God. He wrote 75 plus psalms. Half the psalms are are songs of praise and calls to worship. And even in his darkest times, when he had division in his family, or he was hiding in a cave and he was being pursued and threatened by murder, even in those times, he wrote songs of praise. But with all the reasons he had and all the things he knew about God and the miracles he had seen, you and I, we have more. See, he didn't know the cross, but we do. He didn't know Jesus, we do. He had only a shadow of what was to come. But you and I, we have hope of salvation. We have ultimate forgiveness and grace. We have the Holy Spirit. We have the sweet fellowship of being in God's church. And David didn't have those things. For all of his reasons to write psalms and to sing, we have so many more. When we sing, when we praise, we take a moment away from our our distracted lives. We we turn off the news, we shut down our social media, we get our eyes off ourselves for a moment, and we fix them on him, and we see his worth, and we praise him for who he is. We sing back to our creator who's singing over us. In that moment, we join the voices of families from around the world, but also the sea and the forests, and the mountains and the stars in this chorus of praise to the one who's worthy. My wife and I were working with the teen ministry for some time, and one Friday night we kind of had devotionals. Of course, during COVID, so we need things to encourage them and to focus our eyes on. So we encouraged the teens to write a psalm. So together, each teen wrote one verse of the psalm, and we compiled it into one full psalm. And these are teens from around the coastal L.A., So I'm going to share this psalm with you. This is written by teenagers within our church. 
And you'll see at the end of each verse the name of the, of the kid who wrote it, the teen who wrote it, and the next to him which ministry they came from, like W for West Side or South Bay or Long Beach. But listen to the hearts of teenagers during COVID crying out and praising their God. Father, you're everything. You're worthy of all praise. I praise you, God, because you comfort me when I'm broken. I admire the Lord and everything he's done for me. I praise you for giving me real hope. As nature spreads around a broken world, he has given us a shining light to restore what we have destroyed. I'm grateful for everything God has given me. Like the perfect father, your love sustains me. When I'm selfish, you show me mercy. To keep me going, your love is plenty. When I feel like I'm drowning and lost at sea, you keep me grounded and guide my journey. Your love is amazing. It makes me tall as a tree. I admire God's love and everlasting compassion. I am grateful that God has paved my path with love. I am grateful for his love and forgiveness. He will never abandon us to the world. God requires for us to change, not him. I am grateful that God has a plan for my life. You are the author of all creation. All things bow down to you. God's fire blazes forever. You never fail or forget about me. Praise be to God for his unlimited patience and forgiveness. You're always with me and will never leave me. God is amazing in many ways. My lips will glorify you and I will praise you as long as I live. Through trees and through waters, God's glory is poured out. You are my Lord and Savior. Your everlasting love will always help me survive any trial and I will praise you for your faithfulness. For without God, we would be nothing and have no purpose. Your love is selfless and unconditional. No matter how tough life can get, our God will be there for us every step of the way. The merciful God has established our purpose to serve him and his people. Love, mercy, and grace. God is unfailing love comforts us with peace. It's pretty amazing. These are the voice of teenagers in our church who are focused on the worth and glory of God. Our action step this week, what to do with this sermon this week, write your own psalm. Just between you and God, write your own psalm in the expression of what's in your heart, the story God has written on your heart. The new song he's given you, an expression of your praise and glory and appreciation and love for the one who sings over you. We're going to compile this as a West Side church. So we're encouraging you to write one and to submit it. After church today, an email is going to go out with a place where you can submit your psalm. And we're going to try to compile together a book of the, the psalms of the West Side, the voices of what God has done for our people in our time. We're going to have this open through the end of February, give you a few months to work this thing out, and then compile it and share it and perhaps inspire us to make more songs to the God who's worthy. At this time, to close out our service, I've asked my son-in-law, John, to, to share another song. This is something he put together from a psalm to demonstrate what we're talking about here. 
And I pray so much that all of us will take this challenge to heart because God is worthy of our praise. I give you John Sharon. Hey, church. Um, it's great to be with you guys. And I think Rick is so right. Singing, singing the Psalms is a pure expression of what we're feeling. Um, and it's a great way to connect with, with God. And um, this song is based off of Psalm 71. It's called Refuge. And uh, it was three years ago. I wrote half of it, and it's really just the scripture. And I wrote it because I was going through a difficult time with my mental health. Um, I was an intern for the campus ministry doing my best, but feeling like it wasn't enough. And um, I felt on the edge. I felt like my mental health was getting a lot worse. And so there was a morning that instead of reading the scriptures, I needed to sing the scriptures. I needed to sing it because it allowed me to attach more emotion to the words and for me to worship God truly. So um, I'm going to go ahead and sing it for you guys. In you, Lord, I have taken refuge. Let me never be put to shame. Deliver me, my God, from the hands of the wicked. I want to hear you call my name. Be my rock. Be my rock, be my rock, my refuge, oh, be my rock, oh, be my rock, be my rock, my refuge, I will come and proclaim your mighty acts. Sovereign Lord, all day long my mouth will tell of you, oh Lord, oh, I will come and proclaim your mighty acts, Sovereign Lord, all day long my mouth will tell of you, oh Lord, be my rock, be my rock. My rock, my refuge, oh, be my rock, oh, be my rock, be my rock, my refuge. In you, Lord, I have taken refuge. Let me never be put to shame. You've just listened to the West Side Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit thewestsidechurch.com or laicc.net.